Welcome, welcome, welcome to the greatest show on earth, Films on Earth, where we discuss all your favorite video game movies week to week. And this week, we're bringing to the silver screen of your ears, Assassin's Creed. The hit movie starring Michael Fassbender. Directed by Justin Kurzel. Based on the award-winning hit game series, Assassin's Creed. In theaters this December 21, 2016. (laughs) Oh, boy. What did you think of this movie, Derek? All right. Yeah, let's just get into it. I'm Derek Thompson. This is Brad Bichino. Hi. (laughs) This week, we're going off the rails once again for films on earth films on earth so i'm uh, talking about video game movies it that, I think that might just be a coincidence we could yeah. really talk about anything but i think this kind of falls into the the purview of the show like if someone's like oh games on earth let me check out that podcast and then they're like oh they're just talking about sea biscuit again oh, <laughs> why is it that every week they talk about only sea biscuit scene by scene dissecting every scene of sea biscuit Man, that horse gets me every time. Doesn't it? Ah, whatever. Assassin's Creed, Michael Fassbender. Now, I just want to start by saying I am a fast bend head. Uh, <laughs> I, I am besides, I'm a big. Besides what? World of Warcraft. He was in World of Warcraft, right? No, not Michael no. Fassbender. What else is he in? <laughs> uh, X Men. X Men. Um, he's in a lot of stuff. Uh, shit, now suddenly my mind's going blank. I just look up Michael Fassbender. Um, he is in many, many films, such oh, he was as in Band of Brothers. Um, oh, Inglorious yeah. Bastards. Uh, oh, yeah, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Alien Covenant. Oh, yeah, he's in Alien Covenant and uh, Prometheus. Wow, yeah, yeah. Um, he, yeah, I think, I think he's probably best known right now for being Magneto. In uh, the newest X Men films, right? I don't know. Oh, he did an, he did a Steve Jobs biopic that was pretty good. I liked it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was an Aaron Sorkin joint. Yeah. Um, you really like those Silicon Valley characters. It's the the, the stories are incredible from those that era. Uh, the things that happened <laughs> yeah. in in that little area that changed our world forever. Um, it's kind of crazy the amount of impact that computing has has had on the world, but that's that's a topic for another podcast. That's, sure, uh, that's we're technology. here to talk about Assassin's Creed. Yeah, that stuff's for Technology History of Earth, which is a different podcast we do. Um, but uh, let's get back to films. Yeah. Assassin's Creed, the movie. I like Michael Michael Fassbender. I think he's a great actor. I think this movie was a bad movie. I I think so too. While I was watching it, I was okay. Wait, it's a bad film in a way like you think of a great fi- like Saving Private Ryan. You think of like Forrest Gump. You think of uh, <laughs> Big. Uh, think you think of, of um, you've got mail. Yeah, all these amazing uh, picture classics. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's not good in that respect, but it's a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. Just to like sit down and watch and have some popcorn, 
because it, it's just it's just everything is stressing for action sequences. Basically, yeah. the plot is so threadbare that I only remember the main character's name, and even that is because it was written down at some point, and you see it. So oh my like, god, oh yeah, what his was name is Cal. Oh my Cal. god, you're right, Callum. Cal. Everyone says Cal. His name just is all Callum. the time. Callum, Calm. Um, <laughs> and that's the only character that, I mean, and even he isn't much of a character. The movie starts out where he's a kid and he sees his dad kill his mom and then a bunch of Templars arrive. It's like the eighties. Mm-hmm. And then his dad's like, you gotta go. I just killed your mom though. <laughs> and then it fast forwards 30 years and he's on death row for killing a pimp. He, he says that they don't really, don't really know no, why. No, they never. They don't explain the story. He says, like you think. He says he was a pimp that. when he's like, "You killed a man." He's like a pimp or something like that. He says the word pimp. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, okay." That, is that supposed to make it better that you murdered? Uh, also, like, damn, they're like super killing you right now. Uh, they put him on death row. They give him the lethal injection, and he apparently dies. He wakes up at Abstergo. The modern version of the Templar order. Um, And basically we get the gist of it, the history assassins versus Templars. Both of them, the Templars are trying to control the populace, the population of the world. It's the same uh, meta story as that's in the games. Um, Templars are trying to control the population of the world. Assassins, their whole goal is to stop that. Um, The Templars are trying to find these artifacts called the pieces of Eden. Uh, In particular, the apple of Eden is used in, in a lot of the games. Um, and it's this uh, orb that you can use to force your will on other people, basically, or like like force uh, take you can take away their will. Um, it, it actually reminds me. There was a part near the end of this movie where the apple gets activated and it starts lighting up, and I was actually really excited because at the end of the game, Assassin's Creed Revelations, you actually get to use the apple. Uh, you're an old oh, man. Really? You're old Altair. All, you know, uh, Altair was the character of the first Assassin's Creed game. And it's like a flashback, and you're playing as old Altair um, and using the apple and, like, walking through the city where all these, like, hundreds of guards are trying to kill you, and you're just holding it up and just, like, blasting them away and, like, forcing them to flee from you. It's this really amazing part of the uh, of the games. It's one of the reasons I like Revelation so much, even though most people think it's like a shit game that no one should care about. Um, th- that moment is super cool, and I was really hoping that something like that would happen in this film. But nothing. No. There's like there is no payoff in this movie. I agree. There was this long drawn out like Avengers style fight just. And then no real catastrophe. It I was just the, like crisis of just yeah. totally bypassed. Yeah. Uh, there was, it was like uh, the best scene in the film is um, the chase scene. I'll, I'll get to that in just a sec, actually. Yeah. I want to sure. get back to like the plot synopsis I was going through here. So uh, Michael Fassbender's character, uh, uh, Cal, has been taken by the Templar Order, who's they call themselves Abstergo. And plugged into the Animus, this machine that allows him to uh, view his ancestors' memories. Um, and that's kind of the whole plot of the Assassin's Creed games. But the movie takes a, some, a lot of weird liberties with that. Yeah. Uh, the Animus. 
The animus for sure is really strange. It's like really dumb. I unnecessary. did not necessary. I yeah. thought it was the dumbest part of the mo- the movie. The animus is this giant robot arm that you plug into, and then you actually have to act out the memories of your ancestor. And he, Michael Fassbender's character, had to voluntarily act out the actions of his ancestor to maintain synchronization, which. I guess that it, it sort of makes like synchronization is the thing from the game. They they really yeah. If if I I'm guessing if you were a big fan of the Assassin's Creed games, and I'm a pretty big like not a huge fan. I've missed like the past four, but um, if you're a, a fan of the Assassin's Creed series, um, I think you'd be really into this movie. I think that's that's the kind of that's the audience it's made for. That and like young young boys, because um, it's kind of mindless. Yeah, uh, but. And there's a lot of there's a lot of shots are like them putting their hoods up, standing on fucking rooftops, like for like or twenty twenty seconds past the rooftop garden, and like a white dove flies away yeah. from the bush. I and I caught that, and I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, like you, yeah. They did all 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 of the rooftop action sequences were modeled like right after the um, video game. Like yeah, all of yeah, it was. Yeah, I thought it was pretty well done. I think that's Just the like best, best part of the film. through the c- ceiling and jumping in windows and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the, the that chasing's the chasing's are the best part of the whole movie. That's kind of what everything's building up for. Um, so he's in this dumb animus. That's a big arm. He has to maintain synchronization, which is in the games. It's like if you die, you lose synchronization because. Your ancestor didn't die at this time, and you can't change the past, but you're living through it. But in this, there was points where there was, like, really intense action sequences, and then it would cut over to Michael Fassbender with his shirt off, acting in a, in a room with a, with a big arm attached to his back, and then the lady who's helping him, or quote-unquote helping him, who, the lady who's, like, prying his memories, trying to find the Apple of Eden... Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, come on, Cal, you can do this. And then, it, and then it would cut back to the action. And I thought it was so jarring every time that would happen. It would make me, I, I laughed a few times because I was just like, this is, this is ridiculous. Definitely. This is why. why. It cuts up the act. Like the, some of the action scenes were pretty all right. Like there were a few early on that were very cutty, quick cuts. Yeah. And I didn't like that. But like there were a few. Uh, it had the same. You know, the Warcraft, I, not to just, like, compare only video game movies, but I wonder what it is. War, World of Warcraft had a similar thing where it would, like, go into a scene and there'd be some dialogue and then something would happen real quick and then, like, cut away, like, really fast. Yeah, like, like that. combat going so, like, the combat scenes cutting so fast that you lose any sense of space. Um, and it's just... It's not good. I like those kind of action scenes work in certain like quick cuts like that work really well in open spaces uh where you are or like spaces with only two combatants uh where you can kind of you still have a lay right. of land. You still know like even though they're moving really fast, you know what's around them. But in this, they're running through rooftops like and going through buildings while it's quick cutting the whole time and you just get completely disoriented, <laughs> and uh, but in, in between those those moments, which there were a lot of, I thought there were some really good chase scenes. So they get Cal into this animus and they send him back in time because his ans- they found out his ancestor, an assassin, uh, 
was the last known person to have the apple of Eden, this powerful orb that they want. Um, so they force him to relive those memories. And the, what did you think of that? Like the, the, the storyline of those past memories, I thought it was like one, probably the one of the weakest parts of the movie. There's like something about a Sultan and his kid. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. So the, the thing was the, um, Sultan had the orb, right? And the Templars kidnapped the prince to try and get the Sultan to pay ransom. With the orb. With the orb. And the assassins were trying to get the prince back so they had no leverage. Because they knew that the Sultan was weak and he wasn't fully committed to the order. Which the order is sacrificing everything to protect everything. Yeah. I, it, I, it made some sense. It was a little, I don't know. It was like predictable. It's like they're quite they got the kid. There's a things eventually lead to like a big chase. Uh, then suddenly the assassins are being burned at the stake and they escape another big chase of them escaping. Uh, then the, there was that, that guy in the black armor that was like basically the white orc from the Hobbit. Yeah, Just like the, the, the bad, bad guy. guy in every battle <laughs> that always he, he just, just so happened to be always be there and always yeah. like just miss him, like yeah. almost get him every time. <laughs> so he was like the bo- the final boss. Of course, they built him up as like this boss character. Yeah, even though like he he only fought for like four minutes or less um, in the end. But yeah, they're chasing this whole time, and then it eventually leads to this like final showdown where it's like, oh, we got the kid, give us the orb. Here's the orb. Here, give me my kid back. And then the bad guys are like, haha, we got the orb. And then, oop, the assassins jump down and take the orb back, killing the bad guys. There's a moment where it's like, he's like the the, the main assassin, Michael Fassbender's partner, assassin's partner. Uh, this uh, the female lead of the movie, who I don't even know. I never even got her name. They didn't, they didn't, she had no story. Yeah. It was, she, she was, she was basically, she existed to be a sacrifice for the male character to have like one moment near the end. Like she died so that he could get the strength to do what's necessary and get the apple and he gets it. He runs, he gets trapped on a bridge and then (laughs) he jumps off the bridge and Marion Cotillard is like, he did a leap of faith. Which yeah. Made me laugh again. I know. So hard because it's like that's game terminology for jumping off something high. And it's just like this the corniest, cheesiest. Oh, know, my man. God. I could not believe that they did that. <laughs> so anyway, after that, they probe his memory some more. They find out that Christopher Columbus I knew apple. it. Okay, <laughs> opening scene. It says it sets a s- setting in Spain, fourteen ninety two, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> Christopher Columbus is going to be in this movie. <laughs> and in true Assassin's Creed fashion, yeah. they incorporate uh, historical figures. I mean, there's a geeky part of me that kind. Of, I mean, Columbus is a shitbag. Fuck Columbus. He doesn't deserve a day, and he doesn't deserve whatever credit he's given. He's a total shit bag who like enslaved and ruined 
so much uh, of the native lands of the people who who lived in, in Cuba and the Bahamas and that whole Gulf of Mexico area, and then kind of brought forth this flow of death and disease to all of these people. Um, Columbus is a fuck, but <laughs> part of me loves the idea, not Columbus at all, not even his part in this movie. I thought it was kind of cheesy. It was short. It was dumb. But in Assassin's Creed games, when there's, oh, hey, it's Michelangelo or um, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. He's your buddy. Or like, yeah. Oh, oh it's my Blackbeard. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's Blackbeard. Yeah. It's your buddy Blackbeard. Oh, yeah. Here's a... Uh, um, George Washington, of course. <laughs> Every game has these things, and I always, I know it's so corny and dumb. It's like a best, it's like the best of of this history. Era. Yeah. But <laughs> part to the of me, best of history. <laughs> part of me super likes that. It's super cheesy, but I really like it. Fuck Columbus, but I like. I mean, they tried. They they in the end, it was a throwaway bit. Uh, they find out the apples in Columbus's tomb in Milan or whatever. And so they go after him and there's this, the Templars get the apple in the modern times, but through all of Michael Fassbender's time in the animus, he's basically learned how to be an assassin. Uh, his, all of his ancestors gather around in a Harry Potter like fashion, uh, <laughs> and tell him that was really weird. They tell him he's a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cal, you're a good boy, and we all, we're, all of your ancestors are here, just like in that Harry, the end of Harry Potter when he should have, yeah. Harry Potter should have died, and he didn't because all of his family was watching him from an infinite white limbo. Um, and so he learns how to be an assassin, teams up with all the other inmates at this Abstergo facility, and they use crossbows and bows and arrows and <laughs> take and like knives and take back the uh, their freedom. By force. For, yeah. There, and for some reason, security <laughs> didn't have so much as a, a stun gun or a taser. It, <laughs> all they had were fucking police batons. And crossbows. And crossbows, but they weren't <laughs> shooting to kill, what? apparently, because no one actually died. <laughs> Ex- like, it was so goddamn... One of them died. One, one of, of them, them died. Been? Oh, The you're guy right, who, like, yeah. beat up Cal... Earlier the in the spaz, yeah. Yeah, earlier in the film, there was a guy who was like, we can't trust him. He's going to sell out the assassin order. And he tries to, like, beat up Cal. And then he, like, nobly sacrifices himself. And then Cal's like, yeah, we're friends. And, oh, no, you died now. Your, your character arc was so compelling. <laughs> the, the problem I had with that, though, is, like, two of the actors who were also inmates in that prison... Um, oh, yeah, and the other guy died. He, like, went behind the glass panel. That's with right. The, the guy with the beard. Him yeah. and the guy with the scar. I forgot his name. He was from The Wire. He played Omar in The Wire. Um, I forgot his name. Damn it. I just... Uh, whatever. Um, the guy who played Omar, Omar in The Wire and uh, the guy with the beard from Narcos. He's from Narcos Season 3. Um, are really good actors. And then they, they have these, like, little bit parts that just amount to nothing. They have no real yeah. arc. Uh, Omar survives and, like... So the modern Templars have the apple. They're in London, like showing off like, all right, this is the, the time our order's going to take over the world. <laughs> Everyone get together with your finest robes. Um, <laughs> and the escaped assassins all just like go in and kill them. 
Like, they activate the apple for, like, a second, and that's when I was like, oh, shit, here we go. This is going to be cool. The apple's going to do something. We're going to see some cool effects or something. Nope. Uh, Cal just comes in and kills him, takes the apple, and leaves. And then the movie is over. Yeah. (laughs) They run away on the rooftops. And Marion Cotillard's like, I will get my revenge, even though I just let him go kill my dad to take the apple. Yeah. I don't know. It's so... <sighs> That's Would the story. you watch That's, a sequel? Yeah, of course. I'm, I, I, I love dumb movies like this sometimes. When I I'm in the too. mood for it. When I'm in the mood for it. I, I, I love just like... Right. There's a reason why I didn't go to see this in theaters. Yeah. Like... Saw it for free on HBO. Or semi-free. Like, cheap or whatever. Considering... I don't know. We weren't doing it. Like, HBO Go doesn't cost... Whatever. Whatever. Regardless. Mm-hmm. Seemed free to me. And... <laughs> Um, it was definitely, I don't know, is it worth a watch? If you're a fan of Assassin's Creed, you'd like this movie. If you know nothing about Assassin's Creed, and or even have a passing interest, you probably won't like this movie. It's right. not for you. Um, oh, I don't know, Brad, you played a few Assassin's Creeds, right? You played Black Flag, I know. I played the first Assassin's Creed. First one? And I played Black Flag. I didn't play any of the other ones, so there. It's a good series. I think it it definitely got long in the tooth. Um, the story started really uh, after. Okay, Assassin's Creed Three. They kind of chopped the head off, like the the story a bit, um, figuratively and almost literally. Um, like the lead character is no longer part of the franchise after Assassin's Creed 3, like the lead future character. That's and right. It, and it's like the dumbest, weirdest thing, because then every game since then has just been like coasting. Like the meta story hasn't gone anywhere. And it's it wasn't even a good meta story to begin with, but they never really... They had an opportunity to do something, and they didn't. Yeah, they just kind of closed the arc on it and yeah. in Assassin's Creed 3, and then... That was it. And it was so underwhelming. Um, anyway, like, Assassin's Creed is way past that. I think they need yeah. to drop the modern setting. Um, maybe, like, have it be at the very beginning and the very end of each game only, not in between, in the middle. And just right. stick it to, like, mainline, no de- desynchronization, none of that memory shit. Just have it be a story of old assassins from the olden days. Like have it be a tale of 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 the actual characters. I don't want to walk around the game studio that's making a fucking Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, that, that even was, Black Flag. That's what was I was like, meant talking about. Yeah, even Black Flag. I just hate being pulled out of the the environment. Like I don't. I, I the, the sci-fi element is not why. I feel most people play the game. <laughs> I feel like the sci-fi element would be way cooler. Okay, so something happened at the end of Assassin's Creed 2. You get, uh, I think, the Apple of Eden or something, a piece of Eden, some, uh, one, one of the artifacts from the ancient civilization, and you activate it. And this is the most interesting moment in all of Assassin's Creed, in the whole st- every story, in my opinion. Uh, Desmond, or not uh, Desmond, um, Ezio takes the apple and holds it up, and you see an image of Minerva, 
or I think, or one of the old beings, the precursor race that were like gods. Um, you see her and she starts talking to Desmond through Ezio. And it's like this moment of like, she knows you're in the animus. And it was like this really, really interesting, cool moment. That and is af- cool. After Asset- that's why I, th- I think it's one of the reasons why I think uh, Assassin's Creed 2 is people's a lot of people's favorite Assassin's Creed game. Um, or Brotherhood is also really good. But um, Assassin's Creed 2 is... The ending is the best in the series. And because it breaks the wall of the game and it makes... It kind of gives you a payoff for having that dumb game breaking like pull out every once in a while um because they yeah they cross yeah bridges the other way exactly the actual mythology and after assassin's creed 2 i was really excited i was like holy shit every game that's gonna come after this is this is gonna get fucking bonkers and they did almost nothing with that almost nothing i think brotherhood had another moment like that i don't really remember exactly um I think there was a moment like that in Brotherhood. And there were some cool moments in uh, Revelations that I mentioned earlier um, that actually span the bridge uh, kind of across. Like, uh, Ezio is seeing Altair's future, um, which is really wild. Um, or is it Desmond seeing both? I forget. It's it's all weird. It gets interconnected really weirdly. And then in Assassin's Creed 3, they just don't really... I guess they do a little bit, but it's just not as interesting. It's, hmm. and then after that, they just stop. It's like some other thing. It's black flag had like that twist ending where it's like, I'm a different God, uh, from the other ones. I'm just a dude that you met in this game and I don't serve the good guys or the bad guys. I serve myself. So, uh, I'm creating this like third faction kind of, um, and you've been a big help helping me with this. Um, but then they do nothing with that, and I don't know. Anyway, back to the film. I kind of jumped over. What was your what was your, what was your opinion of it? I guess I've been talking. Um, I feel like I've been talking a lot. You know, I really didn't like most of this movie. Like, I I was a little uncomfortable at some points with the couch, like. Nothing was really pulling me into the movie. I was just like, I could be doing something else. Yeah. But <coughs> those moments um, were fleeting because the action sequences were done very well. For the it most part, It was just like yeah. every, everything in between that, though, was pretty much bad. Yeah. <laughs> every moment between set pieces was just them talking about you got to keep doing this. We got to just keep going. And it was just like these blocks of like 15 minute filler between 10 minute action sequences. And I think, well, he only went in the animus like three times. Right. Now that I think about it and yeah, Jesus. Why did he have to like float around this giant room in this animus? when He would have been just fine on a bed. Just like, in, yeah. in the games, in the games, the animus is like a, a bed you lay in with a thing that goes over your head and you get, you don't really plug into it so much as it like you put, it like goes in your head basically. Yeah. And 
There's no it, interaction there with your physical body. Like, there's a point where he, like, jumps off a thing and, like, the robot arm machine slams him into the ground. And he's yeah, like, like, physically, like, breaking <laughs> his ribs. Yeah. Just like, dish, dish, yeah. dish. <laughs> it was so dumb. And also, like, the logistics of that contraption are very limited. Like, what if he was already on the ground and then the, in the memory he went downstairs? Like how would he? Yeah, it would, the robot arm would have just pushed him into the ground and crushed his legs, and his knees would have shot up through his. Yep, yeah, it would have been gross, <laughs> gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, most people don't look that far into the film, into the <laughs> logical. Here at Films process. on Earth, we we ask the real hard hitting, hardball, tough questions, like what the hell is up with that robot arm? I forgot what's Marion Cotillard's name in the film. Cause I don't remember. And why did she have such a quick turn? Why did she let him kill her dad and then suddenly get mad about it and, and seek revenge when she knew that was what was going to happen? Right. Why did they spend right. so much time standing on rooftops, just staring out into the, Oh my God. That was the worst part of the film is every time they put their hood ups, stand and look around for a long time broodingly and the camera would pan around them like and music would play like oh man here we go and what was up with the time traveling falcon or eagle there's an yeah, eagle in like, every scene flew as fast as a jet plane <laughs> yeah it flew as fast as a jet and was in every time period and every scene like some time traveling god monster which it that's what it is. Probably it was, is. Yep, it was one of the gods, the it's old Minerva. god. Like, I'm sure in uh, like the third movie they would have revealed Minerva to Fassbendo, and then like <laughs> I was the eagle guiding this whole everything since the beginning. Did you say there's a sequel in in production, pre-production? Is there? Did you Google that? I Googled it right after we watched it, and I was from. I saw some inconclusive evidence. There isn't. IMDP page made up and like ready to go, but it just says in pre-production, which I don't know. I don't know how well the film did. I'm sure it made back its money internationally. Like films like this usually do, no matter how good or bad they are. I'm pretty sure it was critically panned. I think it has an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not well liked, but neither are the Transformers films, but they, and they keep making those. I'd rather (laughs) watch this than a Transformers film. I Um, would too. And I think... You know, I like Michael Fassbender. I think given a new director someone or something, a new writer and a new director, they could, like, the source material's good to make them film with. It's good enough. They could do something really interesting. Uh, they just need a, need a new director, a new writer, and a new cinematographer. Um, and maybe they need a little bit of patience. Like, they need to trust their audience to, like, sit down and, like, spend time with the characters and actually invest in them before they heroically have them die or something. Like, <laughs> Seriously? Come on. That was... I think that was such an easy um, opportunity for them to, like, score some actual fans. Yeah. Like, by having characters in their movies. They didn't have any characters in their movies. Nothing, all they had no. were good guys and bad guys. Yeah. And the bad guys were all bad. The good guys were... No, the bad guys were, like, mostly bad except for the one lady who you thought might be actually good, just unknowing how bad she was. But nope, she actually knew it was bad the whole time and just did it anyway. And then you had the good, good guys. guys who were just good. 
And the main character was just like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. Oh, I don't want to. And then he, his dead parents tell him it's okay. He, he's doing good. He's a good boy. And then he's like, yep. oh, yeah, I'm going to do this now. Yeah. His whole, the whole subplot with his father, like, at the window, and he, like, has to kill his dad or something. I don't know. It just, yeah. It movie's a mess. Holy balls. Do yourself a favor. Don't watch it if you don't care about Assassin's Creed. And do yourself a second favor if you want to see a bad movie. Get drunk. Take, like, three drinks, four drinks maybe, and watch this film with a bunch of buddies and then just talk over the whole thing and talk about how dumb it is. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there that's, was, that's a little it, harsh. It had a few As an Assassin's Creed fan, though, there are some moments where you're like, oh, yeah, that was in the game. The, walk, the climbing up buildings and running through the streets was accurate to the game, which was cool. I thought that was great. Best part of the movie, probably. I said that a few times. Mm-hmm. As an Assassin's Creed fan, having Marion Cotillard say, leap of faith, made me embarrassed. A little bit for anyone who I don't know. I felt weird. I felt like I'm a fan of the movie. I know you're trying to pander to me, or I'm a fan of the series. I know you're pandering to me, but I don't like this kind of like that's gross pandering. That's like yeah, you just said a term that just uh they would never say in the. I guess they have said it before. Like you, you get trained how to do it in every game. Like jump off this mm-hmm. tower. Oh, the other thing. There is one other callback to the game like that. Where a character falls off a really high sur- high uh, point, like a building, and falls into a a cart full of hay, and That's just like right. slams down and bra- that might be the best part of the movie actually, because the character just slams down and dies. <laughs> the, the the hay bale cart breaks and the character is dead, and it, it it's just hilarious to me because it's exactly what would happen in the games, but it doesn't. Um, yeah, that might be the best part of the film. When a random nameless character died in a bale of hay. <laughs> That's this film. <sighs> you want to take us out of here, Brad, with our, our films on Earth, uh, the normal way we end the, the show every time, every week? Yes. Your, thanks for your proud listenership, and join us next week when we talk about a new movie. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Mr. Grey will see you now, Derek. Oh, no. No, I don't want to see him. <laughs> I don't please, know if his please name don't is make Mr. Me see Grey him. or not. Please don't make me see him. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I wonder how many doctors out there. Um, oh no, Doctor Gray! How many Doctor Grays out there are like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna be like the pleasure room doctor. <laughs> what? <laughs> 50, Fifty Shades of Grey three, the pleasure room. Wait, I don't know anything about Fifty Shades. Never mind. Fuck it. We're not doing that. Fuck all this. I quit. All right. Now I get a chance to do my erotic fiction fan cast. I'm sure all our our subscribers 
are into that. Time to carry on the carry on the tradition. <laughs> 